Welcome back to the Weekly Dish. We are here for you on this lovely Saturday of warm temperatures. It's a little gray, but you know, it's time to get out and about. I'm Stephanie Hansen. Hey, I'm Stephanie March. And this is the portion of the show where we tell you two things that we are obsessing about this week. We have the top two in our two. Give him the old one, two. One, two, one, two. And now the Weekly Dish presents Top Two, Top Two. The Top Two. Pick your best two. One, two, one, two. Stephanie March. Yes. What are you obsessed about? I'm this obsessed week? about ice bars. Everybody has an ice bar. It's amazing. <laughs> Don't you love it? I think I'm I'm really hoping that we get more outdoor bar time in the winter with the advent of the ice bar. And I feel like obviously it's happening because Super Bowl is coming and people are betting that the out-of-town guest wants to kind of see a little bit of that Minnesota cold and have a couple drinks. And so everybody's building ice bars. The Lexington has one. Crave has one. Um, uh, Volstead's down in Egan has one. There's a bunch more coming. It's going to be a lot of fun. The Hewing Hotel has one one day a week. Um, And so it's a chance for you to get up Go check it out, sit outside, order a drink, and uh, sit around a fire pit, you know, do all the fun stuff. Um, And I'm excited for it. I'm hoping that they continue it. I'm hoping that it isn't just a one-year thing. Here is where this is getting a little dicey, because I talked to someone yesterday that's doing an ice bar. Uh, Today, it's the highest 38. Yeah. Tomorrow, the highest 37. Stephanie, at what point does water freeze? Yeah. Um, Do you know? uh, Zero. Do you know the number? Yes. I just had to look it up. You did? I knew it in the back of my head, but I wanted to make sure I said the right thing. Oh, 32. This is Stephanie trying to get the facts right. Well done, you. Proud. So it is 32 degrees. Yeah. So at 36 and 37, it's a little hard to keep these things afloat. Next Thursday and Friday, it's supposed to be 37 and 44 is the high. Oh, really? But snow. Yeah. So who knows? I know. I know. And Let's plus, keep if you're the ice out bars of, going. If you're out of direct sunlight, it's a lot easier. It's a lot cooler than the actual temperatures, and it doesn't melt as much. I will say some of them have had to be replaced, and that's... The good news is it's water. <laughs> El Burrito's going to have an ice bar, too, um, oh, out on their outdoor patio. Now, you sat at the Lexington ice bar. There yes. was an ice throne. Yes, I sat fun? on the ice throne. That was very fun. Um, I like the fact that they are doing an ice luge for the cocktail. So you order your drink, and they pour it into your cup down an ice luge. Love that. Which is kind of cute. Um, they do have right now Red Bull drinks because of crashed ice. Red Bull crashed ice. Crashed ice and I'm just going to say I'm not a fan of Red Bull or Red Bull drinks. But you can order your straight whiskey to be poured down the ice luge. So that's okay, too. I like that. Yeah. So ice bars and their proliferation are the things that I'm psyched about. Okay. Since we're talking about drinks and I've been on a Whole30, I think I'm on like day 19, which now I'm calling Whole30-ish. You're, you're, you're doing ish. a Whole30-ish? Ish. Yeah. Um, this week, I broke down on Thursday and had a drink. Okay. And I had two of the same drink, but it was the... I don't know if it was because I was the best drink of my whole life or because I hadn't had one for 19 days. I think it might be that. I think um, it might be that. I was at Lynn, on, Lynn 65, and they have a happy hour from 4 to 6, and we were there early because we had gone to a funeral. And their old fashions are $6, which is a great deal because they have a really good old fashioned. But I don't love old fashioned. So I had a sangria, which seems kind of odd that they'd have a sangria on the menu this time of year. But it was rosé, peach liqueur that they make in-house, and then gin. Oh, this was the best, most refreshing. Rosé, peach liqueur, and gin. Yeah. Yeah, And it was great. That sounds yummy. 
It was yummy. That sounds and like I had something you wouldn't get like in the wintertime. Like it's, I know. You know what I mean? But it's it was of, amazing. Yeah. And it just transported me to that summery place in my mind. And I was so happy to have it. And I think it was five or six bucks. It was cheaper oh, because of happy hour. Because of happy hour. Amen to that. So Lovely. if you get a chance, try the sangria at Lynn 65. I don't even know why I ordered it. It's not normally something I would order in the middle of winter, but it was amazing. Well, sometimes don't you think we need to get into that? You need to cut through. You know, and it was little, on sale, so yeah, I was like, "Oh, it's on special." Hot toddies and everything else. There's a point where you go, "Okay, <laughs> I need something I need that's something on the other side of the spectrum." From I think I was trying to stick with wine too, which I thought that would be better, Whole Thirty Choice. But as oh, it was, is it? Is it? I mean, no, it's all the same. It's I'm just sugars. rationalizing in my head. Maybe straight. Yeah, I was just going to say maybe straight liquor. Do you want me to better? tell you what I had last night? Yeah. Because I, again, had a drink. Yeah. <laughs> I had a tequila on the rocks. See, that's, I think, that's a natural it. spirit. And I had one. Yeah. Just on ice. I think that would have the yeah. low, lowest impact. That's me rationalizing for you. Well, okay. you should have seen it when I ordered it. My husband's face was like, oh, oh, oh. what is this? <laughs> you put like a lime? Just I did. I squeezed a couple limes in it and, and I just sipped drink. it and yeah. that was what I had. But okay. my husband's were like, oh, well, oh, well, here we go. Don't know what this is meaning, but okay, yeah. bring it on. Oh my gosh. I love it. You should have that. Uh, my second t- uh, two and hour two is Jeremiah Tower. And so this is uh, just, we had a lovely moment in the Twin Cities where Jeremiah Tower, who is one of the world's top chefs and was kind of the guy who really started the celebrity chef uh, moment in our culture and he was in town because of course Steve Rainian who is the chef out at Gianni's in Wyzetta he cooked with Jeremiah and is a very good friend of his and he was in the movie The Magnificence which is the show, the movie that sort of talks about the rise of celebrity chefdom and, Jer- and, and Jeremiah Tower who disappeared for many years after running stars in San Francisco and doing all this crazy stuff, he just disappeared and, and he just dropped off the scene. And so it was really this interesting, it's a really great food movie. That's not drippy food or preachy food. It's just sort of a, an eyeline into chef culture that Could we all sort it of again? love. It's the magnificent the magnificence. Okay. Yeah. And, um, We'll put a link up to that, to the, I, th- I think you can get it on Netflix now. I'm not okay. sure, but um, you'll see Steve Rainey and he's in it, you know, our local friend, Steve from okay. Johnny's, but Jeremiah was in town cooking this week and he met a lot of the chefs and he was just a lovely man. And he sort of is a bit of a, let's just say a sharp wit and he tells it like it is. And I loved, he was on the Jason show and he, so the night before he, we had had dinner at Gianni's and it was a lovely dinner. And we had thought he had said, there's nothing's off the table. You can ask me whatever you want to ask. And so we had said, well, I want him to, I want him to dish. I want him to tell us who is the most uh, overrated, you know, chef in the, I think it was, that was either mine or Jason's question. Who was the over overrated celebrity chef? He said, Gordon Ramsay. He said, he said, a chef does not shout at his, you know, his workers and stuff. So that was kind of, that was good. So he's, he's lovely. If you have a chance to watch it, I think it's a really interesting documentary. All right. Um, Okay. So that's your second. My second is a place that I have long loved and it's been around for a long time. And I had an opportunity to revisit it recently and I was like, oh yeah, this is good. The Gardens of Salonica. Yes. It's in Northeast. Um, They have been doing Greek food for years there. They have a lovely spot and they're doing a um, Euro like plate platter 
that you can get to go for Super Bowl. Yeah. So they have the lovely pita that they make. They've got amazing hummus. Um, their Euro meat, I think, is just super delicious. And their food is so fresh, you guys. They're very high on organics. Anna Christofortis really... is the chef and owner there, and their food is delicious. It's so fresh. And and it's just, it's been there so long, and it's kind of unassuming. But if you like Greek food, please go check that out, because I just was there and was... They have the best wine selection. Yes. I We put them... They've been in our top 50, our MSP 50, a lot. Um, And I will tell you that I think... When you're, it's a winter day and you feel like you are just down for the count and you can't make it through, like maybe February or March, uh, pop into Gardens of Salonica and it will restore you. Just the freshness of the food and the simplicity of it and the honesty of it. And just the the olive oil is so fruity and the garlic is so strong. I And the, the room is just sunny. It's just lovely. It is lovely. It's a, it's a favorite spot that I kind of forget about. There was a woman that I was with and she ordered a Diet Coke and she's... The, the server looked at us and said, we don't have Diet Coke. <laughs> She's like, oh, okay. He's like, yeah, our owner doesn't believe in polluting the world with that kind of sugary drink. So here's what we have instead. And it was just funny. He yeah. was laughing about yeah. it. And she was like, oh. So she ordered this drink with honey instead that was just delicious. Yeah. Um, but that's how she is. She's the kind of person like, I'm not serving that stuff in my restaurant. Are you kidding? Yeah. And with no apologies. Yeah. And I really appreciate that. Nope, so. I love it. Uh, classic, get your um, Euro platters to go. Just give them a shout. And their website's pretty comprehensive. Spanica Pita. They've yes. got, you know. They all... call it something else. So it's like oh. Baga, Bagu. Not They're, Baba Ganoush. She, she's done so much traveling. One other thing that she's done that's cool that I want to do some year is she takes tours of people to Greece and will like show you all around the islands. And I can't imagine having a better experience than traveling with her. Yeah. Because she really knows all the ins and outs. So. <laughs> Gardens of Salonica is my other top tour in hour two. Well when we done. come back, we're going to talk with our friends from Lakewinds Co-op and The Good Acre about their Maker to Market program. So if you are a maker and you want to get your product in a grocery store, hang tight. We'll be right back. All right, everybody. We are here with guests. Uh, I want to make sure I can't tell if your microphones are on, so I'm going to turn them on. Thank you, Hope. Uh, we are here today talking about the Maker to Market program with Jill Holter of Lakewinds and Natalie Vandenberg of The Good Acre. Both quality places. Let's just start there. I love Lake Winds, the food co-op Thank and you. the Good Acre. Our friend Emily has been on a number of times talking about the good work that you guys do, bringing farmers together and helping them to have a cooperative place where they can utilize their produce. And this Maker to Market program came on my radar last year. I think we talked about it. And then I actually have adored to actually three of the products that you brought to market last year. Um, there was the little red hen cauliflower pizza, which I've picked as a top two an hour or two before there was the just fermentation fermented pickle. Um, and they, they had one that had fennel that I loved. And then they, ha you had a salsa that was from a women, a collective of women. Mm -hmm. And I can't remember the name of that one. That was Senora's de Salsa. Thank you. Yep. So will you, Jill, give us a introduction, if there's makers listening, what this program is and how they can apply? Sure. Um, we are in year two. Our applications just went live a week ago, and they can simply go to makertomarketmn.com to apply. It's a really simple application. If you have a great food idea or a food product that you're currently producing, but you haven't made it to retail yet, this program is for you. Um, we do require that some key ingredients be locally grown Minnesota produce because mm -hmm. that's how we bring in the Good Acres Farmer Network. We want these to be produce forward products. 
So go fill out the application. Um, you have to have most of your ducks in a row, but part of the program is us helping you get the rest of your ducks in a row to become successful food makers. So we're calling this a slow food accelerator. Yes. Which is what I love because it is the fact of like, we're not going to like, we're not going to do it for you. You have to be there and we're just going to push you. Yep. I yep. love that. And blow it out. And blow it out. Um, Natalie Vandenberg is here from Good Acre. Can you tell people what Good Acre is and why produce is so important to you and why it needs to be produce forward to be a maker to market? Yeah, so the Good Acre is a nonprofit food hub in Falcon Heights, which means that we work with a network of farmers to help them aggregate what they grow and find new markets for it, to find wholesale markets, whether that's K-12 schools or food makers, um, like what we're um, accelerating through the Maker to Market program. So we're working with people who will make an impact on that network of farmers to buy produce to then make their product that ends up on Lakewood shelves. That's what I loved. Like, I, I loved the GIST product last year because... <laughs> It took these daikon radishes and pickled them, and it took fennel and pickled that and made a product that was shelf-stable that was something different that really used produce that sometimes people have a hard time with. Yeah, produce forward. Um, we live in the most amazing food-growing place in the country, we believe, and we also happen <laughs> to be living in one of the greatest food-making places in the yes. country. So to marry we are our amazing season, and our season is short, and I think that's why we're so mm. passionate about it, mm -hmm. because um, what we, I mean, the tomatoes in Minnesota, there's nothing like it. So there's great salsa opportunities and spaghetti sauce, like you said, the pickled things. Um, it's really endless when you think about it. When you look at... Uh so all these applications come in. Um, are there things that you're looking for in particular outside of just produce? Um, we tried not to identify any product categories. Um, we're a co-op. We don't need any more granola. That's kind of the joke. <laughs> we're good. You know, we got Seriously. bins and bins and bins of granola. Yes. And granola isn't a produce forward product. No. Um, but we have tried to not say we're really looking for X because we're looking for great food ideas and we're looking for things that are scalable that can quickly get to market. So if you have a great idea, um, grain-based products might not be weighted as heavily as some that are more produce forward. Do you notice, like, do you feel like there's a, in the co-ops, do you feel like there's a hunger for something and then do you try to steer people toward it or are you just trying to go from their own, you know, if you see like a niche, are you sort of saying, hmm, maybe you should be doing more fermented things? Um, a little of both. I, this whole program came out of our shopper surveys and our owner surveys. We do, co-ops are great. We have the local produce, local meat, local dairy. We're killing it there. But we were getting um, lots of comments about we want more local products in the center of the grocery store. Yep. And that's what, you know, how do we get that? There's a lot of great food makers, but so many of them have that hurdle where they can do really well online or really well at farmer's markets. But getting to retail with packaging and branding and category analysis and pricing and and then scaling up to being able to produce at the Good Acre in their commercial kitchen. You know, we consult on all these services mm -hmm. for them. Mm -hmm. One it's, of the things that I'm interested in is the fact that of the branding that you said, which I think to me, people who are makers have this idea and they come at it and they say, you know, I'm going to make this great, this salsa. And it's so great. But part of that has to be then what's your identity and branding. And yeah. that is a piece that I think that that most people don't know how to do. They know how to make great food and they want to share it with everybody. But I love that, that you guys are willing to help them with that. Yeah, the brand can tell the story and it might just be a color choice. It might be um, adding uh, locally made in Minnesota, there's just some key things that you might not think of if you haven't sold a product. And also, you know, where does your label show on the shelf? If it's going to be the top of a salsa tub or if it's going to be the label that faces sideways as people look straight on at it, where are your key messages? Yeah, we um, I do a podcast called Makers of Minnesota, and it's 
you talk to these makers and this is the part that really gets them into trouble and that helps if they can get past this part you know you've had some success at a farmer's market you're having people that are buying your products but you need to take that next step it's really challenging for them because they don't have the money to invest in you know consultants marketers so that's why i think this program is so really integral and if you have a produce forward um, item, please apply because I just think it's cool and you get all this free consulting that is really invaluable. Yeah. And the Good Acre, um, they do a lot with helping people figure out labor costs for production. Um, producing in a little commercial kitchen with a whole team of people sounds charming, but at the end of the day, you need to streamline. And Natalie and her team do a lot of consulting in that area to get them going in their commercial kitchen. Totally. I mean, producing, you know, some of these people might have been producing at home as a cottage food producer Mm -hmm. and then taking the jump to a commercial kitchen and trying to scale up your production can really change the way that things flow. So we can really help consult on, okay, how do you take your process and scale it up so that it's efficient, so that you're using the equipment that we have in our kitchen um, to really make it make it feasible to go to retail. It's it's pretty cool that we have resources like you. I want to call out the Kowalskis, too, because I think they do a good job of working with local producers to help Mm -hmm. them understand mostly in the packaging and what looks on a shelf and how to get something on a shelf that's going to sell the the co-op market. It's it's pretty competitive, isn't it? It is. Lake Winds has three locations. Yep. Uh, the Wedge and Linden Hills have combined. Tell me how the, just the world of co-ops have changed from the days where we went there to sift through the granola bin, as it were, <laughs> so much or to granola. buy the natural peanut butter. Yeah, yeah. Soaps. No kidding. Um, it's changed in that uh, almost every retailer, food retailer, has organic now. Mm-hmm. So how do we differentiate? Yeah. And I think what it comes down to for the co-ops is the relationships that we have. We know all of the farmers that grow the food that we sell on our shelves. We know, and through programs like this, we're getting to know the food makers that whose jars and boxes are on our shelves. And that's that relationship and keeping our profits local. When you shop at a co-op, the profits go right back into the community. Whereas if you're shopping at a large regional or national retailer, money's going to corporate. So we have to differentiate with relationships and knowledge and trust. People really trust what we sell. People forget about that. The the If you spend a dollar in our market at a local store, I think they say it's like 70% of that money stays in um, the Twin Cities yeah. versus if you're buying at a national, that money goes straight out. Um, that money staying in our community, paying taxes, yeah. employment taxes really allows us to have a good community, right? It is. Yep. And we, we take some of the profits that we make at the co-op and go out into local schools and we work with local education endeavors. We can fund a grant program. We've got a great program for um, organic farms in the Twin Cities and around Minnesota and Wisconsin. So our profits go right back into things that are going to benefit our community and, of course, benefit the co-ops as well. And Good Acre, too. I know I've had a conversation with Emily about, you know, you want to bring all this good food into the school system, but it's not easy because a lot of them don't even have kitchens anymore. And I know Good Acre has worked a lot with improving school lunch programs mm-hmm. throughout the Twin Cities. Yeah, and a lot of them, too, they might have because they haven't had kitchens for so long, they might have lost some of those cooking skills and their staff. And so we work to train their staff on, okay, if we give you a 25 pound bag of local organic carrots, what do you do with that? Because, yeah. you know, do you have 
have to peel them. Not necessarily. You can roast them and they taste really good. So figuring out how to get this local organic produce onto kids' lunch trays in ways that they'll think is really delicious. Yeah, I love that. I just think you guys are doing an amazing job there. Um, So let's give the website one more time. So if you're a maker and you're listening and you want to get your product on the shelves, which... Isn't that the holy grail? I mean, mm-hmm. let's, it is. let's yep. get some let's get some business going. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Let's, do, let's set some dreams in motion. You have till February 16th to apply at makertomarketmn.com. You can also <laughs> go to lakewinds.com or thegoodacre.org and read more about our individual businesses and what we're trying to do um, in a lot of different ways. But this comes down to a great farmer network growing really delicious local food and really smart food makers turning it into products that we're all going to want to buy. Love. Love it. Thanks for being with us today, ladies. Thank you. Uh, you. We really appreciate the work that you do. We're going to go ahead and take a break. Uh, Thank you to Red Cow and Red Rabbit, who also use a lot of great products to bring this segment to market. Um, We're going to go ahead and take a break, and we'll be right back. We are being joined in studio by a lovely guest, Mr. Peter Killen of The Local, who is here because you guys are celebrating a pretty big anniversary. We are. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. He's got got his full Viking shirt on. I am. Even though I grew up in Ireland, I have blonde hair and blue eyes, so I think there's a little less Viking blood flowing through me here. Yes, right. You don't have a choice. You had to come here and you had to do this. Yeah, absolutely. It feels like a good fit for me. Those Vikings did invade our country many, many years ago, so I think that's really where it all kind of, that's why I was drawn to Minnesota. You might be actually part Viking, is what we're saying. I think so. Truthfully. That's really good. So the local, which has been sitting on Nicollet Mall for 20 years. Years, twenty plus years, is celebrating their anniversary, their birthday, whatever. First of all, congratulations for making it through the construction. Yeah, thank you. Um, Twenty years, as you all know, in the restaurant business, feels they're like dog years. I call them. You know, (laughs) (laughs) it feels more like one hundred and forty years, to be honest. Um, But um, yeah, twenty years has been great. Um, Obviously, we had some highs and lows in construction, but all that stuff's behind us now. So we're just trying to the glass is half full versus the. uh, Half empty. Half empty. Did you, as far as, I mean, that was like two years of pretty tough stuff down by you guys. Two and a half years. Two and a half years. Counting? That's not, that's not counting. counting. What was your strategy to get through that? Yeah, it was really just to just focus on the people that still, you know, would breathe crossing the street and just kind of, you know, women are coming in lovely shoes and they're all just, you know, they're, they're, there's mess everywhere and still they are good, loyal supporters. Yeah. And customers kind of stuck with us, you know. So well, we had some fun with it as well. We uh, we put up some signage going, yes, we are still open, you yeah. know, and, you know, yeah. just kind of just to kind of, we uh, literally was just trying to get more of a, uh, 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 make as more of a joke out of it or yes. a fun make out of it. Light of it right? Make light of it, really, yeah. is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, you had so. to. You had to sort of make it into something that would not scare people off, but kind of give put them at ease with it, I think. Yeah, it was, and it was good. Yeah, and the place is beautiful. They did a wonderful job. And now it's, well, there's more construction now, but that's because of Super Bowl. Right. So that's okay. So now let's build the things, right? <laughs> so tell us about how the local has changed in 20 years. You know, yeah, well, obviously the, the whole scene in Twin Cities, and you re- rewind back 20 years ago, and I mean, it's, there wasn't all the tap rooms, there wasn't yeah. the amount of restaurants and stuff, you know, when we opened up down there, the south end of Nickel Mall, it was kind of like, a, it was a, the tail end of downtown, it was yeah. kind of, there's like tumbleweeds going down through it, you know, and then Target built their... It was like their, you and Brits, and that was it. was also it. Brits, that yeah. was it really, yeah. yeah. And then Zalo opened up, it's kind of funny because you, Brits have been around for like 25 years, we've been around for 20, Zalo's coming up I think on their 20th anniversary, so you think of those three places all in the southern end of Nicklin Wall and you know how they've kind of stuck the test of time is kind of something something cool there's something about yeah. I think part of it is the that area feels I mean people are in the skyway systems a lot in the in the middle yeah, you know what I mean I think down there they tend to come out a little bit yeah more. and you've got the hotels the Hyatt and the Hilton you know and you've got US Bank you know there's still a lot of great stuff going on at that end of the mall as well but the, things have changed look at the North Loop was just 
empty warehouses 20 years ago and look how that's kind of blown up and, and now yeah. the development of um, downtown East. You know, it's just, it's, so it's just, it's been super competitive really what it has, you know, but you know, we like that stuff. You got to keep changing. You know, when I first came to the local, you know, we had the high-end restaurant there with Stephen Brown and then we switched over to the pub and then, you know, but the food sales, I mean, that's really where the focus for us has been over the last number of years. When I first took over the local, our food sales were 35%. Really? It was all booze and beer. It was a lot of, uh, that was, I mean, we used to come and watch, you know, all the soccer matches. Yeah, and sure. all I'm the not going to lie. It was yeah. a great place for women to meet men. <laughs> I'm just it, gonna, it still is. Yes. Well, still if you're is, yeah. in your 20s or 30s, yeah. go there and meet dudes. Yeah, mm-hmm. we had the, we had the kissing room back at the, mm-hmm. the back of the pub oh. and there was a lot of kissing going on there. I can yeah. attest to that. <laughs> In fact, in, fact, in fact, when I first came, we used to have these big, beautiful velvet curtains that just kind of you closed over. And yeah. eventually I'm like, I, I think we should have. And I got those, you know, the doors that you get. Yeah. <laughs> so you could, somebody could pop their head over, you know, if there was nobody in way case. of looking. And yeah. we just wanted to be sure. So, yeah, it's changed a lot. Super competitive. And, uh, but you know what? It's, again, again, there's been a lot of restaurants in town. Murray's have been around for 70 years. So I'm not mm. making light of those places that have stood the test of time. But for us, Hey, we're Irish. So, you know, we don't really need an excuse to have a celebration. But, you know, I, I thought this one was maybe we should have a wee party to a celebrate. A wee party, right. So you guys are having a party tonight, right? Yeah, yeah. So from six to nine, we've kind of got up just a, an invite. And these are basically some of our, uh, a lot of our regulars, all the vendors have supported us. The oh, food guys, the beer guys, mm-hmm. liquor guys, coffee guys, paper guys. Right. Um, so, and then a lot of our old uh, regular <clears throat> uh, managers and, and customers and um uh, just uh, yeah, so they're going to come six to nine, have a little bit of a party, a little balloon drop. I've never done a balloon drop before, a so I'm drop. super excited That's about that. Good. Fun, That's um, so good. yeah, I've never done it before. I'm like, yeah, we should just do something different, you know. Yeah. So, um, got that going on, and then it's part of all this here. I mean, as much as it's about having a party, we uh, kind of have been part of downtown community for so long. We just kind of wanted to give back a little bit, so we've been doing this. Um, a bit like the 12 days of Christmas, but 20 days of January. So our goal was to raise $20,000 over the last 20 days. And uh, we're not there yet, but we're going to make it tonight. You can do it tonight. We're going to do it tonight. Nobody's getting in unless they donate. They donate. They what the is the cause? Um, so we got two different, uh, two different. Two different uh, downtown Minneapolis charities. Um, one is the House of Charity, which helps people who are experiencing homeless, homelessness Great. with food and uh, accommodation. And then we have the Aliveness Project, which are people who are living with AIDS uh, mm-hmm. in Minneapolis here. So really wanted to get back to, to somewhere as part of our community, you know. You do a lot of this, this uh, charity stuff and it goes to somebody corporation and they take a whack at the top and the time it actually filters down to the people who need it, there's not much left. So yeah. we wanted to give the money and the checks that be going directly to right those into organizations their hands. and they can put it to work right away. So that's, that's kind of cool as well. The staff all got behind it. We just literally made it super easy for every drink that we sold and we just took a dollar off the top of it and we just set it to the side. Yeah. So yeah, so we... It's been fun. And the staff get behind it. That's great because then you say to somebody goes, oh, can you want another beer? And they're like, no, I got to go with the case for charity. And then everybody's like, well, I'll have one I more. Know. You know? You're like, just give a buck <laughs> off a beer. Like, just round up. You know, you'd yeah. be surprised how much that catches up. Speaking of beer, you guys have a month-long special because you have a special beer from Summit. We did. It was kind of like I've never done this. Another thing I've never done before was be part of the brewing of my own beer, you know. So Did you get to go and, like, pick the, the Yeah, it the was stuff? great. Was, we literally sat down and, and it's kind of... Uh, I don't know, serendipitous or whatever you want to call it, but the head brewer at Summit, Damien McCon, is Damien. an Irish guy, you yes. know? So it was kind of like... I figured that's why you guys were like brothers or something. Oh, <laughs> you we, know, we, we, you got to all be related in town. Yeah, we, we go way back, actually. And uh, 
So if you sat down one day, of course, we had a couple of beers, you know. Like, <laughs> a few. A couple. It was just, if we're going to brew the beer, we should be at least drinking it, I say. Right. You know, I always say, you know, I never had a good idea over a cup of coffee. So we had, we had, we had, a, we had a couple of beers. Amen. And it was a piece of paper, a blank piece of paper. He goes, okay, Peter, what beer do you want to brew? You know, so we're doing an Irish style ale. Um, we got an Irish malt over as the base for the beer. And he's brought in some new uh, new hops to it. So it's just a really crystal clear. It's it's. I mean, I drink a lot of beer, um, and this one is really good. So it was kind of cool. We only have ten kegs of it or something. So, oh, really? Um, so and it's avi- it's still there right now. Though. Still there right it's now. Still and actually, we passed out a keg to the LR three pubs. So okay. if you're in St Paul or at uh, St Louis Park, you can actually pop into those places and try it as well. So it's really it really is a great beer actually. In fact, and it's just called the an- twenty the local twentieth anniversary yeah, ale. Yeah, you know it's really tricky to get a beer name. Yeah, <laughs> it's I know. Like, yeah, the, the hoops that you have to go through. You know, I want to call it the Emerald Ale. Yeah. Because Emerald is the 20th gemstone in oh. 20 years and all and came together. But of course, once we look for Oh, I missed like, that on my wedding anniversary. Yeah, I'm what's... coming up on 25 and oh. I would have missed to em- have known that. The Emerald. I love Emeralds. Emeralds. Yeah. So, but so we, we just kind of kept it simple, you know. So, so that's fun. We have that going. We get a little party tonight. And then at 9 o'clock, we're open up to the public. So and, 9 o'clock, uh, you're open to the public. And now are you guys as, as looking forward to the Super Bowl week? Do you have any buyouts? Are you guys going to be closed not, for anything? Not yet. No, not yet. But I think we're, we've, we've got a meeting on Monday afternoon to see what happens. <laughs> Sunday, you know, so it's true. It's we all kind of have to wait to Sunday to see what's going to happen, you know, yeah. what because there's going to be an influx of people into town, and then we'll see what happens. See, I, don't, I mean, I don't like New England that Ooh. much, but you know, <laughs> there's a ton of Irish Boston people might be coming to town. They oh, might, that they, would work out. They, You're totally they, have to game that. You're right. Yeah. But you know, of course, we're all Vikings fans. So of that's course. all that matters. Of course, there's You're a lot of places around me have actually sold out. So you know. I, I may just be the last man standing going, hey, we're open, come in. You Love know, it. So. And I've heard places that it, thought they were bought out and then it sort of has yeah. flipped and they're like, now they're not. Yeah, so, so it's interesting. I mean, for us, a lot of people ask me about it. For us, it's kind of, a, you know, we do some paddocks every year where it's just busy from we open up to we close. So we've got 20 years of practice. 20 years, true. You, know, you guys have gone through fire and flame with all of it. So we're, we'll be ready for um, We'll be ready for it. We, we know how to bang out beer pretty quickly and whiskey. <laughs> are and, you doing a special for the Super Bowl live? I mean, are you, is there like, are you doing anything on the patio or? No, because of the whole, all the stuff they're setting all the up, stuff the that's patio, up. They, need, okay. they need our patio space to, for the pedestrians because okay. the, the street's actually closed as well. You yeah. know? But I mean, that's kind of crazy. I, was, I just came from the local this morning there and they were uh, setting up. But you'll Lights be open during like Super Bowl live. Oh, if yeah, we go absolutely. in and see the stuff, you're going to be open. We can pop in and have a, a Guinness and a whiskey. Uh, I love that because I'm coming downtown yeah. and I don't know like what's open, what's bought out. So good to know yeah. that there's going to be places that you can just pop in, have a drink, keep moving. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being here, Peter. No, thank you. I mean, 20, 20 years at the local. It's got to be. I mean, this is we talk about restaurants that kind of come and go. It's oh. nice to see one that's sticking to its guns. We're going to hang in there. Here's to the next 20 years. Here's to the next 20. Cheers, I know. guys. Thanks for having Cheers. me. Thanks, you guys. Have a nice weekend. Go school. School Vikings. School Vikings. <laughs> we'll be right back. Welcome back to The Weekly Dish. We are here with the end of the program where we talk about the moral of the story and different events that are happening in town. And Stephanie, yeah, I wrote down a quote oh, from our good. friend from the local. Let's do it. Here's Peter's words that are now my words. <laughs> I know what you're going to say. I never had a good idea over a cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. That is tremendous. tremendous. And that is my moral of the story yes, today. I love it. Wow. I that's awesome. Love it. That is amazing. What is your moral of the story or something you learned today, madam? Um, She's still eating I'm tomato eating soup, soup, by the Sorry. way. So I, Peter brought us, we didn't even talk about the food he brought, which by the way, the local, a lot of people think Irish food is just corned beef and cabbage and fish and chips. And part of that is my fault as a media person because we usually feature them during St. Patrick's Day. And of course, that's what we're all eating. We got the freshest and most beautiful tomato soup and a lovely 
little there's some hummuses and pet and and springy type and a salad with great he, things. There quinoa. was this quinoa salad that salad with quinoa mixed in, but then they had these little tofu squares that were breaded and like in a sesame, they were kind of Asian tasting. Yeah. They were delicious. Just a little quick fry. That on was those. like the croutons. Mm-hmm. They were really good. I'm just saying, it's more than what you think. Yes. Um. So my moral of the story would just it would go back to the Lake Winds uh, gang and the uh, Good Acre people, and just um, in a moment of being happy to know that there are people willing to help other people move their life and forward and bring great product to market. I don't, I don't always talk about this, but I should probably talk about it more. The Makers of Minnesota podcast that I do, we've had 71 episodes, which is amazing. There's some great stories in there about people doing this exact thing, like yeah. the challenges they've had and how they bring their products to market. I tend to do a lot of food things because it's fun and I like it. But, you know, I interviewed a guy last week that has a $16 million a year business called The Handy Pail. And he just created a a way that you can eas- more easily hold your paint and your paintbrush when you're painting your home. Just what? crazy stuff. Someone please revolutionize the paint can. Like, again, more. Because I can't. I mean, I would love that. That would he, be. That, well, that's kind of part of what he did. And also the paint tray. Yeah. Like that old metal tray that, you, you know, so that's that a I really have like good. like 7,000 of that I keep buying. Yeah. I mean, like, what is the problem? That's a good episode to listen to. But, yeah. uh, you know, all of these food makers that are just, we talked to Thumb Kit Thumbs Kitchen, uh, Thumbs Cookies, yeah, Robin, Robin last week. Great. And uh, Golden Fig we talked to and how she just has expanded her business. And, and hey, also, did you know that there's going to be a maker, a Minnesota makers market in the city center during Super Bowl Live? I did. Right. To bring all of these people together, uh, Mitch Bertiome, who is awesome, she has put together a bunch of local makers, and Robin is one of them, and, you know, there's going to be J.W. Hume, and there's a whole bunch of different local Minnesota makers who are coming together to sell their stuff to really showcase for people who are from out of town to see what kind of great stuff we do. We do have lots of great stuff. We have great stuff, you guys. Such great stuff. Um, Letting you know a couple things um, that uh, you can do this weekend. Of course, it's Crashed Ice. If you're in St. Paul, maybe that's a thing you want to go watch. It's 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 accessible though. Like yeah, you know, you can, you can come down. There's people walking around. It's really fun. Mm-hmm. Moscow on the Hill has shots outside their door. Yep. We were at Mancini's last night. Very crowded. Not like too crowded, but crowded in a good way with yeah. fun people. And uh, it brings new people into St. Paul, which we always love. Yeah. And again, the Lexington has their ice bar and the roof deck open Thursdays through Saturdays from now till fe- February 10th. Um, also, if you are thinking about really good dark beers, Silhouette is being launched today at Lift Bridge in Stillwater, huh. the brewery. And they have DJs and vintage arcade games and Hammerschlagen and all sorts of fun stuff over there. The Big Slide is open at CHS Field. Rice Park is finishing up the Ice Palace, but the lights are on. They're going to have a big, um, at the St. Paul Grill, they're going to clear out the lobby there and do like a hot chocolate bar. Oh, they are. Yeah, so that'll be fun. Um, those in Potsaluna, Meritage. Uh, Kincaid's, all of those folks on the corner there by the ice rink will be doing fun stuff for oh, St. Paul. When does the Winter Carnival officially start on Friday? I think so, yeah. The 26th, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Right. Oh gosh, it's going to be, there's a lot of great stuff happening. There is, and it's the a great time just to get out. If you find, and you remember the Great Northern, which is sort of the thing that they've pulled all together with the Lopit 
And, you know, we talked last week with Adam Eaton and Laurel Elm and they're doing their thing on Monday. And then on Wednesday, I believe it is the Surly, you know, cookout night is happening where they're with Moochie's. They're doing two order fried donuts. Moochie's is at Surly Brewing. That'll be great. I know. I know it'll be um, great. Someone asked me, and I want to just give your magazine a shout out here. Oh, they said oh. they sent me a text and said, "Where would you go to get the best list of Super Bowl happenings?" And I had to honestly say Minneapolis St. Paul Magazine. So, if you are looking for parties, events, where you can go, what you can do, I I really feel like you guys have had the most comprehensive list. I will tell you that the uh, magazine, which should be on newsstands, it should start trickling out this week and it will be on newsstands all next week for sure, is the official host committee guide. And so they've implanted that in our in our you know, in our magazine. And then we've done a really a big job of trying to get as much in there as we can for everybody. But I will tell you that online, you can stay tuned. We have a Super Bowl page on MSPMag.com and we're going to be updating it with all of the parties and all the events that are happening. And then we are going to be doing live coverage so you can watch our social media because we'll be going to some of the parties. We'll be talking about, you know, the things that are happening in the people in town. If we can grab a little bit, five minutes with Justin Timberlake, if I see him at Belcour in the morning, he and Jessica Beale, you know, I just might. And I'm, I'm going to go say, ahead and say, hey there, say Justin. This. Have you had this chocolate croissant? <laughs> it is amazing. I will say that. I guarantee you. I'm planning um, on it. But so st- thank you very much. And stay tuned. We're yes. trying really hard to cover the fun and the aspects of the parties and the social and the lifestyle bits of it all so that you have a total guide, even if you don't ever go to this stuff, if you have an opportunity to just sort of know what's happening in town. I love this. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of parties. We're not going to go to the parties. I mean, like, you know, I we understand that people won't be able to go to some of the bigger parties. But, you know, there are people who are going to get in and, and do the fun things. The Club Nomadic uh, is at the Armory, I believe. It is at the Armory. The there's Mystic still Lake has been brought inside. There's tickets for all these concerts, you guys. Yeah. I'm just, I think Florida Georgia Line is one of the only ones that's uh, nearing sold out. Yeah. There's tickets for everything. Yeah. So if you want to get out and, and about, there's, of course, your resale tickets that you can find. Yeah. You know, most of the time, you know, if they're sold out, you can still find tickets online. I mean, they're going to be $300, but, you know, that's you a did a, your magazine did a cute little recap of some of the Vikings' favorite restaurants. Yes. I, I Maybe Wasn't we should cover fun? this next week. Yeah. We so can we give it a little more time. But yeah. if you're looking for that, you can find that at MSP Mag. Can I just, this is a totally weird question that I shouldn't be asking you on the air, but I'm going <laughs> to. Do you know if Adam Thielen is related at all to Amy Thielen, no. our friend? Okay. But I think she cheers him on. Yeah. Because I've seen she her does, do yeah. posts and I'm like, I wonder if they're related. Yeah. Uh, or Thielen meets, you know. Oh, I know. Okay. Maybe feeling meats like a lot of yeah. That's so my I just kept thinking like I wonder if there's a relationship there, but okay. Yeah, that's as far as I know. So skull everybody, get your chance on, get your claps up, and uh, let's go take it to the uh, take it to Philly. Do not eat a cheesesteak this weekend. Do not. No matter no what. matter what, don't eat a cheesesteak. But if you were gonna eat one, where would you go? No, uh, uh-uh. <laughs> nothing. Forget it. Come on, nope. you might go to. No, nope. uh, uh-uh. uh. Uncle Frankie's? Nope. (laughs) Wrapping it up. (laughs) Skull! Ciao, ciao. All right, everybody. Have a great week.